Nebraska Grows, a podcast for commercial fruit and vegetable growers in Nebraska. I'm your host, Carol Waters, and with me this week is Brock Johnson with USDA Natural Resources Conservation Service Agency. So, Brock, thanks for joining me today. Thanks, Carol. I'm, I'm glad to be here today. What a great, great opportunity. <laughs> Well, we appreciate you being here. And tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do for the USDA. Sure. So I originate from northeast Nebraska in the small village of Beamer uh, in Cumming County. So um, I have I got my undergraduate degree from the University of Nebraska-Lincoln uh, back in the 90s in environmental studies. And with that, I had uh, emphasis in soils and plant sciences and um, a, a real diverse background of educational experiences, all from the University of Nebraska. So um, that education has served me well. Um, I've spent about 30 years of my career um, working in natural resources management of one type or another. So I started off in the geotech world with uh, looking at groundwater quality and looking at uh, we did groundwater remediation facilities for leaky underground fuel storage tanks so the hydrocarbon contamination business Um, i then went on to work for the natural resources district lower elkhorn nrd in norfolk i worked for unl conservation survey division for a year and now i'm in my 22nd year with the natural resources conservation service in lincoln and so the NRCS has been around since 1933. Um, we are a branch of the United States Department of Agriculture, which President Abraham Lincoln started in the 1800s. Um, in 1933, Hugh Hammond Bennett was um, working in, for the Department of Interior as a result of the facade in the Great Plains. We had a lot of wind erosion and NRCS was formed out of the Dust Bowl in 1933. So we're an agency that's been around a long time. Um, our primary focus when we started our agency was to focus in on um, soil erosion, wind erosion and water erosion. So we um, implemented practices for farmers on a voluntary basis across the United States um, to control erosion. So for water erosion, we would build terraces and basins grass waterways and other practices to stop the erosion on traditional farm fields. Um, Through the 80s and 90s, we changed our name from, um, we changed our name to Natural Resources Conservation Service. We used to be the American, um, can't even think what our name was, ASC, but uh, we were the Soil Conservation District at one time. And now we morphed into more more areas of expertise in natural resources, conservation and management. So for instance, in a traditional sense, it would be somebody in Nebraska who has a gravity or center pivot irrigation system to improve efficiency there. And then we also work a lot with wildlife and other other types of um, ventures. In uh, 2018, uh, as a result of that 2018 farm bill, we were able to reduce the size of a farm down to a tenth of an acre, um, which is about a footprint of a 40 by 40 foot area. So um, that allowed us to put um, farm numbers, so to speak, and a farm number is what identifies you as a farmer to the United States government. 
uh, on a small scale. And so um, I have been actively promoting and working with small scale growers all across the state to enhance their systems, promote it and create locally produced food that is high in nutritional value and meets the needs of the community. Great. So how can small farms benefit from working with the USDA NRCS to improve soil health and water quality in their management practices? So two things that um, are really big points of emphasis for us that um, a small scale grower can benefit from is our technical assistance and then our financial assistance. So we have two arms to the things that we can provide a small scale grower. From the technical assistance side, um, we work, we collaborate with the University of Nebraska and other um, institutions of higher learning to develop a conservation crop rotations. So we wanna know what crop rotations to put in our gardens or our small scale farms. Um, anything from and then uh, adding to soil health so we look at um, the biology of the soil and how to improve that so another practice that we might be able to provide technical assistance for would be cover cropping um, or adding crops to your rotation whatever that might be um, and then the second part of and there's a, a wide array a wide um, array of practices that we can provide technical assistance for the financial assistance arm um, is we have a lot of opportunities to add practices that would conserve the natural resource on your property or in your farm or small farm. So for instance, uh, we have an application period uh, for a program that's our flagship program, the Environmental Quality Incentive Program. The acronym we use for that is EQIP. And um, for instance, a small farmer could apply for that program for some funding to enhance their irrigation system in a high tunnel. We see a lot of of growers who are using an existing high tunnel system with their grow system, and one of the things they uh, want to do is maybe improve the water the water efficiency to the crops that they're growing. So they could apply for a grant, so to speak, through that EQIP program, and then the NRCS can provide some financial assistance to that grower to offset the cost of purchasing that irrigation practice. We also have other practices to add to existing operations such as composting. I mentioned cover cropping earlier. We also have nutrient management and pest management practice. Um, and then we also we have other practices like um, low tunnels and raised beds. And all in all, there's over 40 practices that we can uh, add to an existing application to try and get some funding and assistance to, to help promote their existing system. And the other thing we, I think our flagship practice for NRCS is the high tunnel practice itself. So that's kind of the pillar that we build our, our, our planning around is that high tunnel because it helps in Nebraska. It's really critical to extend that growing season and uh, we use the we use resource concerns uh, quite often in our agency. And a resource concern is something like soil erosion or water quality. Um, but for the small grower, a lot of times it's plant productivity and health. So the high tunnel really helps that. It extends the growing season um, when you have delicate plants that are 
in the open, they just don't perform as well as inside that high tunnel. And so we're trying to address that plant productivity resource concern. So if a producer doesn't have a farm number yet, because they there's a lot of mystery that's gone around farm numbers for years of it has to be so many acres and it has to be so much production and I don't qualify because I don't I'm not a I'm not a farmer in their mind. What would you tell that farmer now? Well, first off, um, that's a great a great question because a lot of times I talk to people and I ask them at, if I'm presenting somewhere, I ask if they're a farmer. And a lot of times they just don't think that they are. Um, you might want to use the word interchangeably um, as a gardener, but we look, we call it a farm. So that's kind of what we're sticking with. It's not your traditional farm, um, but yet it, it consists of the same work and the same products. It's just on a smaller scale. So we, the office, the NRCS set up an office of urban ag and innovative production as a result of that 2018 farm bill. And so we have 17 brick and mortar facilities across the United States in metropolitan areas that just focus solely on urban ag. And so I will tell you that they came out with a document last September and they call it the Mythbusters fact sheet. And I can make that available to your listeners or if you contact me directly, I certainly can get that to you, but it lists 15 myths and amongst those myths. And among those are uh, minimum production criteria and things like that that would leave somebody to believe that they're not eligible. So the first myth right on the Mythbusters fact sheet talks about, um, do you need to uh, raise a certain amount of uh, agricultural product to be eligible for participation at USDA? And I think the question says $1,000 or more of annual production. And the answer to that is that's false. Um, there, We do not have a minimum amount of money that needs to change hands for you to be eligible to participate with us. Beyond that, if you are part of a community garden and there's actually no money changing hands, um, the food is all given away or donated or some of the products are sold or bartered in kind, that does not matter to us. Um, it's just we you can participate with us if you produce an agricultural product. So in addition to fruits and vegetables and edible landscapes. We also have the ability to um, partner with cut flower producers, um, woody florals, all types of different agricultural production. So the Mythbusters fact sheet has been a real critical document for us to be able to show the public that um, we'll be able to debunk a bunch of myths that surround participation with USDA. That's great. So I know you talked about the conservation practices that are included in NRCS these days. How does a producer get started with NRCS? What do they need to bring to the office? What do they need to have on hand? How do they even just get started if they've never walked in the USDA building before? Yeah, that's a great question. And that was actually part of your, the second part of your first question. So how, you know, wh where is our presence and how do you contact us? And so in Nebraska, we have 71 
offices we call service centers. And so we partner with a sister agency uh, named the Farm Service Agency. And so they are, the Farm Service Agency and NRCS are co-located in these 71 offices across our counties in Nebraska. And that's because our traditional customers have accessed our services for many, many decades. And so um, that's one thing I wanted to point out. It's not just urban agriculture, it's somebody growing anywhere in Nebraska. And it's really important, me being from a small town, um, it's important that people in that community know that we're here to provide assistance. If a community across Nebraska is struggling with uh, food security, they can partner with us. So to reach out to one of our 71 USDA service centers is a great first way. Um, the first contact you can make is with the Natural Resources Conservation Service. So that's us or the Farm Service Agency. Um, and the Farm Service Agency to participate and get this farm number, which like I mentioned, is kind of like a social security number for an individual or an identifier that shows that you're a farm. Um, this Farm Service Agency is gonna ask for two documents mostly. The, the first one is the deed of trust for the land that you want to sign up as the farm. And it's important to know that the farm, a farm has to be signed up by the owner, but then the FSA is also in charge of the tenancy of the farm or who the tenant is. So in the second document you would need to bring into FSA is the lease. So for instance, um, you could have a school in a city somewhere in Nebraska or a town somewhere in Nebraska that school can get the farm number. They can be the participant. They would provide the deed of trust to um, the FSA office. And then the individual can be the tenant. And so an individual or um, a nonprofit might want to, that's tied to the, the FFA chapter or the ag instructor at the school could actually become the tenant and they could sign up for technical and financial assistance with us. So two primary documents, and they go to the FSA, but certainly you could contact us in any office. The other place I would direct you to is to me directly. If you have questions, um, I can get you that contact information. Or if you have internet access and you go to a web browser and you, you uh, put in that web browser, Nebraska NRCS, you'll get a link to the service center um, locator on that front page. And that will give you the phone number and address for all of those service centers. Lastly, um, we have our NRCS state office in Lincoln. So we actually have two offices in Lincoln. We have a field office on South 14th Street. And then our state office is located on 16th and O in downtown Lincoln. So all of those locations um, have, we have got information on how to contact us that way. And certainly uh, we also have some email connections there. If you prefer to email or you're contacting us outside of our regular work hours, um, we'll certainly, there's lots of ways to get a hold of us and I just encourage you to do so. So if a producer is interested in the, um, accessing the financial assistance programs through NRCS, where do they start? I mean, other than just walking in the door, but where do they need to start looking at their own operation, what they want to do. Do they need a business plan before they walk in the door? 
what what's that starting point look like? So in my opinion, the best way to start that process is to just make contact with your NRCS or FSA office um, locally and start that conversation. Um, one of the things that we would do is get that farm number if you're willing to participate. Um, let's get the farm number and the tenant set up on the farm. There are some rules that Congress put forth for us for participation. So when it comes to nonprofits and things like that, or public schools, for example, I gave the public school as an example, the public school um, can be an owner, but not a tenant and receive some of our funding. And then the same applies to um, entities. There are some rules that um, Congress has us check off that we make sure that we're meeting all eligibilities. Uh, another eligibility, for instance, is adjusted gross income. So there's some limits that have to be followed there. But the long story short is that um, just making contact with the FSA and the NRCS will get that process started. Um, they're experts at determining eligibility and they'll work through that equation with you um, to make sure that they get you signed up in that, get that farm number in, uh, in the best possible way. So once that connection is established, what we prefer to do at NRCS is um, meet you in the field. We have planners, uh, what we call conservation planners of all types uh, in all these offices across the state. And they've got a lot of ex a wealth of experience in all types of natural resources and land use, um, land use measures across the state. So um, we prefer to just make that start that dialogue, um, make an appointment with your NRCS conservationist in the USDA Service Center, and we will come to your farm and just start a conversation about um, exactly what you're growing, what some of your goals are, and what some of those resource concerns on are because that's kind of what drives a lot of our planning is trying to address that resource concern. And I use that resource concern uh, word, those words, because um, that's what drives us. But for someone that's new to us, like I said, you're just not used to hearing that. But um, for instance, we have a grower now in a small community in Nebraska that is using high tunnels and running that off of his local or off of his water well or off the public water supply. And he's actually outgrown that water use. So he's actually has a, a water availability resource concern or water quantity. And so we have some things we can do to assist that particular landowner in town to increase his water capacity. So it might be if the city allows us to put a well in, we might put a well in, we might um, get a new water line that's uh, got more carrying capacity. So that's just one example of how we might partner with you when we come to the field and visit with you. That's some of the terminology we're gonna use. And it's things that you probably are aware of and are working with in your own operation. You're just not used to how we're talking about that. So just striking up that conversation, meeting us in the field. Um, and then from there, we can uh, talk about applying for conservation assistance funds and uh, show you the cost list and uh, we actually do a very thorough um, top to bottom analysis of what your what your system is like. And we have cost estimates for our practices and things that you might want to implement. So we're with you every step of the way in the planning process. And uh, again, just meeting with us gets all that started. And just to clarify for me, 
the programs that you're talking about, are they cost share programs? Are they granting programs? What, what does that look like? Yeah, so we used to use cost share um, where we came out with a, we would come out with an average cost for a practice. And then uh, the participant knew what that amount was. And then usually the participant had to kick some money in. And that's the cost sharing part. About 10 years ago, we went to what we call a practice incentive payment. And what that simply means, it's a very similar process. But before where we might have said, um, we are going to cost share on a high tunnel with you. Um, this high tunnel might be $10,000 of cost share. Um, we're going to give you 50% cost share. You would get half of that amount. Now we're just going to say it's a practice incentive payment. We're going to give you $5,000 for this practice. You go out and you know get the best deal for your operation, shop around and get the best purchase price because it's going to you're going to get more um, back uh, on a financial basis if you do your due diligence and shop around. Or you might want to spend more, get less financial assistance from us as a whole. But maybe that system is built heavier and going to last longer and fit your needs better. So that's one way to participate. If you have anybody that is growing and connected to a community, we also have a lot of grants. So sometimes... Uh, maybe backyard farmers where somebody's growing on a 10 foot by 10 foot area or a small garden, they don't want to get the farm number. We do have the option or ability to um, apply for grants. So we have conservation collaborative agreement grants. Um, and then the Office of Urban Agriculture and Innovative Production has grant opportunities, um, ag marketing service, rural development. So there are tons of USDA agencies that uh, generally, they're nonprofits or not entities that can apply for those funds. But if you want to build a community system, I think they're really great opportunities to secure secure funding to whatever, whatever, however you want to meet your goals. Great. So I like to end each show with a extension tip, and I'm hearing that the extension tip this time is. Get to know your local USDA staff. Yes, exactly. That is a great tip. And I know I'm in Weeping Water. We have our own service center here. Um, For our listeners in the Omaha area, where would they go? Well, this is is a great question. This is a great point. I want to make this point very clear. We've already talked about contacting your service center and making connection to that service center. And I'll be honest, um, (laughs) for me personally, sometimes when I look at um, government buildings and things like that, they make me nervous, right? Like I don't know what, where, who I would contact to go into the building and things like that. So I did say contact your local service center and that's important, but you can contact your local service center. Another really great way to make a connection is to contact the service center, contact the NRCS employee, and make the appointment at your farm. You don't have to be a participant with us to do that. And that sometimes breaks the ice for the participant. And I see it time and time again where um, if I say, go to your service center and request a farm number, that's going to exclude a lot of people. If you just called me up and said, hey, I've got a resource concern on my small farm, 
can you take a look at it? I would, you know, we would run right out and we'll, we'll make that connection. We'll break that ice and that'll soften that a little bit going forward. So I'm really glad you asked that question as far as Omaha. So Douglas County and Cass County, we do not have a USDA service center uh, in those counties. We have a, a lot of action right now in Dodge, Sarpy, Cass County uh, in the small scale farming business. So those people are going to Weeping Water. They are going to Fremont Service Center, to Blair. Um, those are our near, nearby offices. We also have space at Lake Weirstman on 144th and I-80, basically, in West Omaha, that we could meet a participant from the Omaha metropolitan area in that office. Um, and we also have laptop computers and cell phones that connect uh, remotely. So the next best option, and the one that I really prefer to meet a new customer with, is to meet them in the field, take my computer, and uh, we can we can connect that way on uh, on your turf, so to speak. So there's lots of ways for producers to really get involved with NRCS, be start that relationship with their local USDA office, and specifically FSA and NRCS. And uh, I would encourage any producer to really start to build that relationship, whether you consider yourself a traditional farmer or not. If you're producing food, fuel, or fiber, you qualify for these programs, is what I'm hearing. Yeah, that's exactly right. Um, If you're producing, that's a good way to put it, uh, food, fuel, or fiber, um, definitely contact us and the worst we could say is no, if for some reason it didn't work out, but uh, we're not going to do that. I mean, we're going to go through every step that we can to make sure that um, we're connecting to and servicing all small scale and urban producers. Um, it's one of NRCS's top five priorities under Chief Terry Cosby, our NRCS chief. And so we are following through on that commitment and uh, we're, we're engaging with new customers on a daily basis. All right. Well, Brock, thank you so much for joining me this week. Awesome, Carol. Thank you for having me, and I sure appreciate the time. Oh, we appreciate your time, too. And thank you for listening to Nebraska Grows. Uh, Please remember to hit like and subscribe on your favorite podcast provider, and we will update all the show notes to reflect the Mythbusters sheet and... Brock's contact information if you want more information. We'll talk to you soon.